This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Will Robles and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. All right, all right, all right. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It's your boy, Jonathan, um, riding solo once again this week. I'm going to take a little sip of my coffee here. Oh, that's hot. Usually I'm a tea kind of guy, but today we had my daughter's first birthday party. It's been a long day, and I'm just kind of running ragged here. So coffee is what we're going to do uh, tonight. So last week, as we did this, as we went live here on Twitch, I was in a pretty bad mood, as a lot of you could probably tell, as we blew that game against Indiana. And then kind of looking at the rest of the, the, you know, the, the week that we just went through, looking at games that we had against Philadelphia, San Antonio, and Washington, uh, I kind of felt like we had a decent shot to go 2-1 and one on that three-game stretch, but I also thought we had a pretty good shot at going 1-2 and two as well. So uh, just wrapping up uh, the Washington game tonight, recording this just about after 9 o'clock Sunday night on the 17th. If you're listening to this live on Twitch, uh, feel free to leave me some questions in the chat as we go through. I'll try to answer those the best that we can. Uh, if you're listening uh, to this Monday morning, well, have a great Monday. Drive safe to, from work, wherever you are right now, uh, and we'll kind of get right into this. So, uh, yeah, the last that we left, we had blown that second half against Indiana, uh, and we were looking at a 3-7 and seven team uh, after you know, 10 games, which not the end of the world, you know, just sitting, you know, four games under 500, but not exactly where you want to be either, right? So as we go into this game, uh, Philadelphia the other night, um, there were rumors whether or not that Ben Simmons was going to play. He was nursing kind of like a shoulder injury, uh, but actually we ended up uh, kind of getting the better end of the deal with Joel Embiid sitting out uh, as the 76ers came to town. So, Final score in this one, 112 to 97. Really, the, the big story in this one was this fourth quarter. Uh, the Magic outscored the 76ers 32 to 15 in that final period uh, to you know win and uh, have a 15 point victory margin at the end of that. Biggest stories in this one for me are going to be Aaron Gordon, 18 points, 13 rebounds. Didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the floor, just 4 of 12, but shot 7 of 9 from the free throw line. Anytime you're getting 13 rebounds out of Aaron Gordon, always a good night as well. Nikola Vucevic, 25 points, 12 rebounds. And then Terrence Ross, uh, as he's coming back from some of the knee soreness that he's had uh, the last you know few weeks or so, he looks like he's finally getting back in rhythm. Shot 3 of 8 from the from the three-point line. So Terrence Ross is knocking down shots. Uh, we're usually in pretty good shape. Uh, Aaron Gordon did a great job, especially in the second half on Ben Simmons. I mean, he went 9 of 12 from the floor, but anytime you're limiting him to 18 points, especially with Joel Embiid out, really can't be too mad at all about that one. So moving on to San Antonio, just going to kind of jump through some of the early games uh, from the week just because at this point it's kind of old news. Uh, but we were able to eke this one out, 111-109, to 109, uh, as the San Antonio Spurs were coming to town. DeMar DeRozan had a, had a great first half. I think he had about 16 points or 15 points at halftime. Uh, guys like Aaron Gordon, uh, Evan Fournier did a great job defensively in the second half to limit him to just six second-half points, so he ended up with 21. Uh, biggest story in this one for me, though, is just Evan Fournier. I mean, 
a lot of Evan Fournier haters out there, and I understand that just from the way that he plays sometimes, uh, especially the way that he played last year. I think it was after the San Antonio Spurs game that he was asked about, you know, his performance last season and um, how he really felt about that. And um, he alluded to the fact that he was going through some personal things uh, last season that kind of caused his poor performance. But uh, he did say that playing for France this year uh, in the FIBA World Cup kind of helped him get his groove back. Go Magic. Yes, sir. Anthony Ballstar, what's going on, man? I see in the Twitch chat. Uh, But Evan Fournier, 26 points. Four rebounds, three assists, nine of 15 from the floor, but five of six from the three-point line. For as bad as Evan played last year, he has really started the season just that much better. Trying to see if I can pull up his stats right now for the season. So right now, uh, 16 points per game in 28 minutes. He's shooting 48.3% from the floor. Not seeing his three-point percentage right here at the moment. Uh, and these also have not been updated with last night's stats. I'm looking at CBS Sports right now, which sometimes uh, kind of lets me down a little bit. Uh, Terrence Ross also in this game, 7 of 13 from the floor, another 3 of 8 behind the arc performance, but 20 points. If Terrence Ross is getting things going, especially in that bench unit, uh, it's really going to make a huge difference for this team. Uh, as we've been struggling to get the offense going, especially the last few weeks, I felt like part of the problem, and I've voiced this kind of over and over again, is the fact that whether or not you know the starters come out and play all that well, the bench comes in, and whether we have a lead or we're really trying to stay you know pretty close, uh, you know within five or, or, or so points. As soon as the bench comes in, whatever lead we have, or if we're down by a small margin, it quickly turns into uh, a big margin, or we quickly give up that lead. But if Two guys right now, you know, since making the the change from DJ to Mar- you know Markel Fultz in that starting unit, uh, if DJ and Terrence Ross are hitting shots off of the bench, uh, it, it's going to be huge for our team. If you look at games like I believe it was the Memphis game last week, uh, where DJ you know got the ball rolling offensively and we kind of you know rode straight to a victory, Terrence Ross. Uh, Getting back into the swing of things has been huge uh, for the second unit, especially this week. Uh, this week, uh, Jazzo is asking, where can you find the interview with Evan talking about last season? So I try to make it a habit um, after every game, you know, a day or so after the fact, going to OrlandoMagic.com. Uh, you can go to their news section and into their videos, uh, and you can see all of the, the post-game, pre-game, post-practice interviews that the entire team does that uh, we don't necessarily always get to see uh, on the, the live broadcast. So I was a little bit critical last week after the uh, Indiana loss, I believe it was, uh, where we didn't really get any post-game interviews in the locker room. And I was kind of critical of the Magic for that. But Dan Savage, uh, who does a great job with all the you know the, the social media stuff uh, with the Magic, actually reached out to me to let me know that uh, there are post-game interviews after every single game, and, and they put all of those on uh, orlandomagic.com whether or not we see them on the Fox Sports Florida uh, broadcast Uh, but just kind of echo that again if Terrence Ross uh, and DJ are rolling in that second unit it's going to be huge and just looking at this week I mean we have you know point totals of 112 against Philadelphia 111 against the Spurs and then 125 tonight against Washington one of the better offensive teams in the league so far throughout the first couple of weeks this is what we've been saying guys we've said that 
we're we were struggling to score the basketball, but we were playing you know solid defense, and we just have been saying over and over again: once the offense clicks for this team, the wins are going to start to rack up. And I would say this week, these three games that we've won so far, this is the closest that we've looked to that twenty-two and nine stretch that we closed the year on last year uh, and, and pushed you know into the playoffs and ultimately lost in the playoffs, obviously. But um. I don't know about you guys, but this is, for, for me, the closest that we've looked to the Orlando Magic that we just rallied behind uh, throughout the last you know month and a half, two months of the season last year. Uh, but, I mean, closing out the Spurs, um, Aaron Gordon down the stretch. As we're trying to close out that game, uh, DeMar DeRozan grabs him around the neck, gets called for a flagrant foul. Uh, Aaron goes to the line, knocks down free throws. That game is basically over. And then tonight, as Washington's coming into town, we know that they're one of the best offensive teams in the league, bar none. Uh, Anthony is asking thoughts on DJ and Fultz on the floor at the same time. I mean, I'm I'm really not a fan of it. Uh, before I get into talking about uh, Washington, I know for listeners of the podcast, as I'm doing this uh, Twitch stream, it might kind of throw th- things a little bit out of sort, but it's it, it's fun as I'm going through and I'm getting questions in, in the middle of this. Um, but as far as DJ and Fultz on the floor at the same time, um, tonight Fultz knocked down two out of three threes. Can't be mad at that. But until he proves that he's going to knock down uh, his three point uh, shots, you know, at an effective clip. Teams are going to continue to uh, leave him wide open and kind of just clog the paint, uh, take away a lot of the spacing that we might have. So if Fultz is on the floor right now, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands offensively, if he's not really the guy initiating the offense, if they're just telling him to kind of go sit and wait in the corner and, and spot up, I'm really not a fan of that myself just because of the fact that it does clog up the paint for other guys like Vooch or Evan Fournier or Aaron Gordon if he's trying to cut. Um, so... If Fultz is on the floor with DJ, he's got the ball in his hands, and, and DJ is kind of spotting up. I'm okay with that. Uh, but right now, um, I think it's hard because Clifford alluded to the fact, we talked about this last week, that Fultz is on a minutes restriction. Now, if you look at his game log for the entire year, it looks like it's right around you know 24 to 25 minutes. He's usually right around there at the end of the game. Uh, it, sometimes that comes to hurt us. Sometimes it's like, all right, there's six minutes left. Other teams coming back. We could really use Fultz here. Uh, but depending on how many minutes he's played in the game so far, uh, Clifford either won't bring him back at all like he did uh, the other night against San Antonio just because DJ was really rolling. Uh, you know, offensively, the that unit was playing really well together. But sometimes, you know, he'll bring him back for the last, you know, three minutes or so. But I think Clifford is really just struggling with the fact that he's got – Fultz on a minutes restriction, and at the same time, you know, he's having to play DJ and Michael Carter-Williams, trying to sort out all of the minutes there while at the same time have effective lineups. So um, it's kind of a, a balancing act. I've been pretty critical on him, you know, so far this year, but uh, if the doctors, if the team doctors have Markel Fultz on a minutes restriction, you know, that everybody's kind of agreed on, you you got to stick to that. You want to acclimate this kid very slowly. His health is the, the number one thing, especially if we want this team to be excuse me, uh, healthy and, you know, dominant and successful in the long term, uh, we've got to watch out for, you know, this kid in his shoulder. So not a huge fan, but uh, at times I, I understand that, you know, this kind of stuff is going to be necessary. Uh, just talk about some of the, the injury health right now to the team. So 
Um, I wanted to talk about really the city jerseys a little bit later on in the podcast here. Uh, but just briefly, we unveiled the, the city uniforms this week. Now, before I talk about my opinion on that, uh, basically the Orlando Magic put on an event at the NBA Experience at Disney Springs uh, in Orlando uh, to for like a, a season ticket holder event. To you know, They wanted to make a big deal about announcing these jerseys. Well, at this uh, experience, they had players you know, dribbling around and, and shooting around, I guess, uh, kind of testing out the NBA experience. Jonathan Isaac was one of those players, uh, was shooting around with his shoes untied, which with his ankle health history, I just just total bonehead move on his part. I think he knows that. Uh, but at one point or another, Jonathan Isaac rolled his ankle uh, and, and sprained his ankle, so he's actually been sitting out the last couple of weeks. Tonight we had, you know, a couple of scares. Michael Carter Williams is on the defensive end and and basically plants, I think it was his left foot, um, and then just comes down the the other end of the floor after that series just really hobbled. First thing, anytime you see a non-contact injury like that, um, and you see a guy limping, first thing that comes to my head is is some kind of knee or ACL injury. So um, I guess the the original diagnosis on that has been a strained hip. He missed the rest of the game tonight. Hopefully he can come back, you know, pretty quickly. But um, it seemed like we've dodged, you know, a major injury at least for the time being. And then just a few minutes later, DJ Augustine, as he's driving to the rim, the ball bounces up, hits him in the left pinky, uh, and dislocated uh, the the pinky on his left hand, which is his non-shooting hand. So he goes to the ground, writhing in agony and in pain. Goes back to the locker room. They ran an X-ray there on site at the Amway Center. He didn't have any kind of you know fracture or anything like that. So they were able to just pop that bad boy back into place, buddy tape it to his ring finger, and he came out and finished the game. Can't talk enough about how much of a warrior that guy is at six one or whatever he is. I can't imagine he's more than you know 170, 180 pounds running around bouncing off of these guys. I've never seen a guy DJ size hit the floor as much as he does when he's trying to drive to the rim last year that would scare the the heck out of me but uh, that that dude's just a warrior hats off to him for coming back into the game because it looked like it was just going to be Markel Fultz as our only point guard for the rest of that game Dante Marcatelli asked Markel a great question uh, at the halftime interview you know are you willing to go are you ready to go the distance and Markel basically said you know I hope my guys are all right but I'll do whatever this team needs me to do so um but Markel Fultz uh you know, I want to talk uh, more uh, about him in a, in a minute, but um, just a- absolutely great game. So the Wizards come to town, uh, three and seven. Uh, Beal has been rolling lately. I think he was coming off of back to back forty four point performances, so it was going to be really important to try to limit him in this one. But the Magic do come out with a win, one twenty five to one twenty one. I think we are up. Uh, somebody can correct me in the chat if I'm wrong, but we are up. I know it was double digits, so it was either 11 or, or, or 15 uh, in the last you know six or seven minutes of that game. And then Beal, in the last six minutes, scored like 15 points off of five threes. I know Davis Bertans, he added another three. So what looked like the Magic were going to cruise to a pretty easy win tonight, uh, especially in that last two minutes or so, really uh, got you feeling pretty tense. And uh, the, the blood pressure was definitely elevated. But Markel Fultz. Uh, I think we are up 119 to 116 in the in the final two minutes, or maybe it was the final minute, but uh, I believe it was Beal drove to the basket, tried to kick it back out to Isaiah Thomas. Markel Fultz reads up, tips that ball to himself. 
runs down the floor, kind of corrals it, uh, sees that Davis Bertans is coming at him and just kind of braces for impact, takes off from the right baseline, uh, dunks it, and one, goes to the free throw line, knocks down his free throw. Uh, those three points gave Markel his new career high of 19 points. So just for him to make the, the closing play to, to close out this game, to win this game as his career high, our other point guards went down. Just, man, all the people that have been saying that the Magic were, you know, kind of dumb or it, it was wishful thinking or whatever the case may be, just hating on the Magic, hating on Markel Fultz, uh, it just kind of seems like we've kind of shut all those people up. I mean, this kid is just playing out of his mind, you know, on a, on a night-to-night basis. Given his minutes restriction, I think once the minutes restrictions are lifted, as he goes further into the season and proves that he can stay healthy, uh, I think he's just going to get better and better. But just can't be, you know, more happy for that for the kid. Uh, j- just great, great story. But looking at the box score from tonight, uh, if this will let me, just Nikola Vucevic, thirty points, seventeen rebounds, eleven of fourteen from the floor, three of four from three. Dude was just absolutely slaughtering uh, whatever the the warrior the warriors. Oh my goodness, the Wizards. Threw at him tonight, whether that be uh, Thomas Bryant. Um, they tried to throw uh, Mo Wagner at him as well, or, or Rui Hachimura. Just had his way the the entire night. This is the last, I would say, six or seven games or so. You know, we had our our you know concerns about uh, Vooch and Aaron kind of to start the season, but Vooch has just played so well the last couple of weeks. Uh, is really regaining that All Star form. Uh, and just kind of look uh, for more of that to continue with Vooch as well. Evan Fournier, 25 points, 7 of 13 from the floor, 5 of 8 from 3. One thing I didn't mention about Evan, the last few games, we're getting into crunch time. We all know that Evan is pretty much our closer in a lot of situations. Uh, usually, though, that comes in the form of Evan and Vooch kind of running the high pick and roll, and then you know Evan is either looking to dump it off to Vooch for a, a layup or a dunk, or he's looking to either get a runner or a layup at the rim. But Evan, with his three-point shooting and, and the, the shot-making ability, just the last few games has been absolutely phenomenal. He had a shot tonight um, in the left corner uh, in, in the fourth quarter where he was just like kind of leaning and fading to the left uh, and, and just got that shot off, and, and it went in. Uh, the other night against San Antonio, he had two huge huge threes uh, in the fourth quarter. Terrence Ross had a huge three. Uh, just Evan's shot making right now is just so much, you know, by far and away better than what we were looking for, you know, last year, um, which we obviously did not get. But Evan is just, he's just playing so well right now. When he plays within himself uh, and, and takes the shots that he should be taking, um, he, he's such a huge asset to this team. Markel Fultz, once again, 19 points, 8 of 10 from the floor, 2 of 3 from the three-point line. Uh, teams are going underneath you know, the, the pick and roll with Markel Fultz, and Steve Clifford talked uh, tonight after the game about the fact that he has been taking those shots, and he has to continue to take those shots if this team is going to be successful. And when he starts to hit that at a high clip, they're going to start closing out on him, and he's just going to be going by those guys, and he'll be at the rim. And uh, I think right now he's in the upper 60 percentile, um, 60 percent, excuse me, uh, when it comes to finishing at the rim. He's shooting, the last I checked, was like 69 percent uh, finishing at the rim. So he's definitely an elite penetrator, an elite finisher at the rim. He's just got to uh, continue to make those shots from the perimeter, and just the entire floor is going to open for him. Uh, and just obviously his skill set when it comes to playmaking and passing uh, is it, just phenomenal. Uh, but 
the the biggest thing really for me these last few games, you know, against the Spurs and against the Wizards, uh, has been the fact that we're able to win these games without Jonathan Isaac. Uh, it sounds like um, if we weren't playing the Wizards tonight, if we were playing, uh, you know, maybe a better team, uh, or maybe if you know it was the end of the season and we were kind of fighting for playoff seating, I feel like Jonathan Isaac would have played tonight. But given the opponent, given how well Al Farouk Aminu played the other night against the Spurs, um, I they decided to hold Jonathan Isaac out tonight, which is, you know, the smart, safe thing to do. Uh, but just the fact that this team was able to gut out these wins, obviously not great defensive you know, performances when you're giving up 121 points tonight and then 109 points uh, the other night, you know, Friday night to the Spurs. Uh, but can't wait to get Jonathan Isaac back. Uh, he's just having such a great year. He definitely looks like he has taken the, the quote-unquote leap um, but yeah, best wishes to him, best wishes to, uh, DJ and Michael Carter Williams as, as they kind of try to bounce back from injuries as well. At one point tonight, it looked like Terrence Ross was even a little bit hobbled, which kind of scared me. But, uh, then the next time down the floor, you know, he's looked pretty explosive as he was trying to get to the rim. So not too, too worried about that. Uh, but coming up in the, the following week here, uh, as we head, uh, you know, further into the schedule here. So we've got a four game road trip coming up. I think the guys are going to be on the road for about uh, 12 days or so uh, before their next home game. So heading back up to Toronto uh, Wednesday night, but we've got two days off coming up Monday and Tuesday. So hopefully our guys are able to get, you know, healthy, able to, uh, you know, rehab, get some treatment, uh, get ready for that Toronto game. I believe this is going to be our second game already in Toronto, so I don't think we're going to have to go into Canada. Uh, Some of the pod squad guys, David Steele, Jeff Turner, Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, they always talk about how they, you know, people don't really love going through customs, understandably, but uh, this should be the last time that we have to do that this season. Uh, Definitely looking for a a better result uh, from the first time that we played Toronto Raptors. Orlando Magic Nation in the house. What's up? What's going on, bro? Thanks for joining the show. Appreciate it. If you got any questions, uh, just just fire away, man. I'm just kind of recapping uh, some of the the games from this past week, and, and now we're starting to talk about next week's games here. Uh, but yeah, hopefully uh, this time that we play Toronto, it's going to be a better result. I always like our odds when we're coming off of a couple of days rest. Uh, once again, just to get guys healthy, get some practices in, uh, go over you know some of the things that went wrong last time that we played Toronto. Uh, definitely have to keep guys like Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam in check. I know right now uh, Serge Ibaka went down pretty recently with an ankle injury, I believe. Uh, so that will be one less guy that we have to worry about. Uh, but then we go to Indiana on Saturday. So we've got two days off. Then we play Wednesday. Then we've got another two days off. And we play Saturday. Uh, and then we'll be at Detroit uh, on the 25th, and then we'll be at Cleveland on the 27th. So I know just looking at the schedule here, we've got so many days off. It feels like we're going to have quite a few back-to-backs coming up. I just get that feeling. Whenever you have multiple games in the same week uh, where you have more than one day off, um, that's just kind of sketchy. I know Will and I, uh, at the beginning of, of you know the, the preseason, we kind of talked about the schedule for the entire year when that came out. And I know the majority of our back-to-backs are in this you know first part of the season coming up here. So uh, we'll just kind of have to be on the lookout as that comes up. But just kind of looking ahead, we've got a back-to-back coming up on December 3rd and December 4th, then December 17th, December 18th, and then December 27th and 28th as well, then January 3rd, January 4th. So, yeah, this next month and a half or so, we do have a 
couple, you know, a decent amount of back to backs. So, um, but the guys, that's just kind of part of being a, a pro and part of being in the NBA is you go through the 82 game season. So, uh, Orlando Magic Nation wants to know thoughts on Fultz long term. So, talked about this uh, a couple minutes ago. So, I'll just be pretty brief on this. Like Clifford talked about uh, tonight after the game, uh, guys are going underneath him on these screens. He's got to take those three-point shots. When he starts to knock those down at a higher clip and guys start to close out on him, it's going to open up not only driving lanes uh, but also other passing lanes as guys are going to be collapsing on him and he'll be able to hit you know, open shooters and stuff like that. So as long as Markel stays healthy long-term, uh, I legitimately think – uh, that we have a chance to have a, a guy that could be like a multi-year all-star for this team. So I'm really you know, encouraged by the game that he had tonight. I'm encouraged just by uh, his attitude um, just this entire season so far, even going back to when we first traded for him. I like this kid. It's really hard not to root for him, uh, but I have a pretty optimistic outlook on, on Fultz's long-term future here. So uh, I just hope that we're able to keep him around for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, so that's just talking about, you know, some of the games coming up here in the next week. A couple of items that I want to talk about uh, before we wrap things up here tonight. So um, I believe that was Thursday night uh, that the Magic had the uh, the NBA experience event at Disney Springs to unveil the new Orlando Magic City Edition jerseys for this season. Now, uh, going back to like June, July, maybe even um, that early, uh, we had reports about the fact that um, we were having this orange jerseys coming, you know, these orange jerseys coming out with an, an, accompany, uh, an accompanying, sorry, excuse me, I can't speak tonight, I'm exhausted, uh, but the fact that we were going to have this orange floor and this orange jersey, right? So we've seen some renders. Uh, Will and I talked about it on the podcast. We were not excited for these whatsoever, right? They came to fruition. We had Terrence Ross. Uh, he shared a Snapchat, uh, I want to say maybe about close to two months ago, right before the, the preseason started, uh, actual footage of them laying down the orange court in the Amway Center. We kind of knew that it was a done deal at that point. So um, John Denton released a rendering of those jerseys a few minutes before they were actually released, uh, or the videos were actually posted to the different social media accounts. My first initial thoughts from that rendering was, man, these jerseys are terrible. They look hideous. But it was a great idea that the Magic had to unveil these jerseys on the players, right? So the, the players come out. You've got the lights going. You've got the fog machines going at the NBA experience. It looked awesome, right? The only thing, my issue with these jerseys is, I guess a uh, report came out that this was the 12th iteration of this city jersey. The Magic were looking to incorporate orange in these new Nike City Edition jerseys. This was the 12th iteration of this jersey that they finally agreed upon and said yes. Also came out, Alex Martins was quoted saying that uh, the anthracite gray was pushed on the Magic by Nike. They liked the idea and they went with it. But my issue with this jersey, one, the anthracite gray makes no sense, right? You can sell me on, you know, the, the citrus history of the orange and everything like that. Um, Central Florida, orange groves, all that good stuff, right? Orange just is so different from the blue and everything like that. It just sounds like a good, fun idea, right? The imagination for the concept that has now become like the real thing to me is at a zero of 10. Like there's, there's no imagination here. The boldest thing about this Jersey is the fact that there's orange on it. 
There's just, to me, there's no imagination, almost zero creativity. I guess they try to take um, the font was inspired by NASA somehow. Um, I don't know about a lot of people. Some people, when they think of Orlando, they do think of NASA. But when I think of NASA, I really think about Cape Canaveral, as close as that might be to Orlando. I don't think of that when I think about Orlando. I, I think a lot of people share that sentiment as well. But it's just the fact that um, they could have really thought outside of the box, made this a really fun idea. Uh, they're, they're just plain, and, and that's fine. They look okay. It's nothing to go crazy about. I don't hate them, but I certainly don't love them. A lot of people do, and that's your opinion. You're completely entitled to that. I'm glad that a lot of people like them. I'm still going to even buy one. I just like collecting jerseys. That's a thing that I like to do uh, when it comes to the Orlando Magic. I don't collect anybody else's jerseys, but I like collecting Magic jerseys, so I am going to buy one, right? Uh, but to me, it, it was just an opportunity to really you know, get the entire fan base really excited about something. I might be in the minority. A lot of people seem excited about these jerseys, but I just feel like they really could have done a much better job. Pair that with the fact that at this experience, this event, uh, Jonathan Isaac rolled his ankle, and now we've missed him the last two games. Um, that I, These jerseys aren't off to a great start. First time one of our guys puts them on, uh, our best defensive player, probably our most consistent player of the year so far, Jonathan Isaac goes down with a, an ankle injury when he's had a history of ankle injuries. It ain't great, right? So, uh, But a, a lot of people like them. I'm glad people like them. Uh, once again, I'm going to buy one. I'm excited to see. Um, they look good on the players. I, I will say that. Uh, but I'm excited to see what the floor is going to look like um, and excited to see how the jerseys on the players on the floor looks as well and kind of bring all that stuff together. But, um, yeah, to me, I, I've echoed this on the podcast a few times. I just feel like the high-level management of this organization is just really out of touch with the fans and, and what the real fans of this team, you know, want, uh, especially, you know, really what I'm referring to is like the in-game experience, the atmosphere, um, what a lot of times really just feels like for a lot of people in Orlando, the Orlando Magic games just really feel like more of like a social event or a social gathering rather than be focused on the game. Uh, you, you go to these games, you see, you know, a lot of people that are, are dressed to the nines and everybody wants to look good right but um, at times it just feels like people are, are there for reasons uh, outside of basketball and as a diehard fan you know that's really discouraging because and a lot of those people that are dressed to the nines you know they have the money to sit you know close to the floor where the players and uh, you know the broadcast you know microphones hear a lot of noise so when people are down there taking up those seats and they're not cheering they're not making noise I know this from experience being to many Orlando Magic games sitting in plenty of games in the lower bowl there's a lot of people that just unfortunately don't really cheer uh, the way that I would like to I'm that's my opinion I'm entitled to that I could be completely wrong you can completely disagree with me that's your opinion but to me that's just very discouraging at times um, but there's a petition going around uh, to try to get a, uh, a you know a fan like a dedicated fan area seating section at the Amway Center. So uh, there's been talk about that in the past. It's something the Magic have never really followed up on. Uh, so I'm hoping that that is something that we can see come to fruition as we go into the future. I feel like that would be a lot of fun. Uh, it can really help boost the energy and the atmosphere of the Amway Center. So a couple of questions that come in here. Uh, 
Thoughts on Aaron Gordon trade rumors? So I, I actually, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Jazzo. Um, I do want to talk about some trade rumors. So we had a rumor come out this week. Uh, I'm, I don't remember exactly where it came from, but that the oh, it came from oh, Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer put out this article about uh, the Spurs. I didn't really read the entire article. I just read the excerpt uh, from that article that w- that had mentioned the Orlando Magic, saying the Orlando Magic uh, had contacted the Spurs about trading for DeMar DeRozan and that the Orlando Magic were scouring the league for scoring help after getting off to a, a slow offensive start uh, to start the season. So um, I, you know... Didn't hide my feelings about that on Twitter when those reports came out. I felt like they were completely bogus. It's the Orlando Magic's executive's job to contact other teams and gauge uh, interest and uh, gauge you know cost of assets. So if they felt like DeMar DeRozan was available, they are completely within the right. And I'm glad that they would reach out and see what the cost on a DeMar DeRozan would be because if History shows us if you can get a guy like Markel Fultz for you know a late first-round pick and Jonathan Simmons, you definitely do that, right? So that's their job. But the fact that you know after ten games or whatever, we were scouring uh, the league to try to find scoring, I just I don't buy that at all. This front office spent this entire offseason figuratively and literally buying in to the roster that we have right now to bring back. Fooch, to bring back Terrence Ross, to bring in Al Farouk Aminu, held on to Evan Fournier, Bamba, Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, you know, rehab Markel Fultz. They wanted to bring this team back. We knew all along, it's no secret that at times this team is going to struggle to score the basketball. That's just the nature of the roster as it's currently constructed. So for you to panic after 10 games when a couple quarters go a little bit differently and we're sitting at six and four very easily or seven and three. You could even talk me into eight and two uh, for them to just all of a sudden flip the script and uh, be looking to, you know, trade for an all-star like DeRozan, a guy who isn't a three point shooter, a guy who is aging, you know, into his thirties, a guy who has a large contract that's expiring this year. You could trade for him. He could turn around and walk, you know, this summer. Um, I just, I didn't buy any of that at all whatsoever. And then we also heard reports that uh that Aaron Gordon um had been inquired, you know, from multiple teams to see what the availability of Aaron Gordon was to see what, you know, they could give up to get Aaron Gordon. And basically John Hammond and Jeff Weltham just uh Weltham. John <laughs> John Hammond and Jeff Weltman. I say Weltham so much I just kind of get that mixed up, but uh, they basically shut the door on any trade requests right now as far as Aaron Gordon is concerned. So, one of the rumors that I've been hearing for a couple of weeks now is like Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris and a first round pick for Aaron Gordon. Now, I've heard much worse ideas. I actually really like Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris, even though the Magic uh, could very well have Joe Harris on their roster right now. They gave up on him once upon a time. Um, But I've heard worse offers for Aaron Gordon. If they made that trade, I I wouldn't be completely upset. I would be upset because I still believe in Aaron Gordon. I still believe in his potential. Um, If he can just play consistently in the way that uh, he really needs to play the game, uh, that remains to be seen, but um, as far as the Aaron Gordon rumors go, I mean, we knew when we signed him to that deal a couple summers ago that it was going to be decreasing each year. So Aaron Gordon is just a player that, uh, as long as he is playing well, is going to become 
more and more attractive every single day to other teams. So, but I do like the fact that uh, the front office basically shut all that down, kind of put the kibosh on that. Um, hold on to your young guys. Once again, I just said we just spent all of this money um, and just kind of echoing the sentiment that we're running it back, that we're buying into this team for not only winning now, but also long-term success. So um, just there's been way too much talk about that, and I think that we actually have uh, a pretty competent front office, contrary to some people's you know beliefs, but they're mistaken. Uh but they know what they're doing, so I'm pretty confident in the fact that you know we're not trading any major pieces anytime soon or anything like that. Bulldogs1992, hey, what's going on, man? Rigo750 said, great insight. Keep it up. Go Magic. Go Magic, man. That's right. Thank you so much. Uh, G Gastro X said he was a bit scared at the start of the season for Vooch. Thought he just had a good year because of the contract year. Very happy he's rolling. Yeah, man, he is absolutely rolling. Um, I was a little bit concerned at the start of the year just because he did get off to such a slow start. Uh, but I think really what we're seeing is just the fact that Clifford has made it clear that he's our most important guy offensively. The offense runs through him. Um, the offense kind of lives and dies depending on uh, how well he's playing from game to game. So, yeah, he's he's so important to this team. Um, I didn't think he was going to be an all-star uh, this year. I just thought Aaron Gordon was going to kind of step into a larger role offensively. But right now, uh, if I had to bet, I would bet that uh, Vooch is going to be an all-star once again this year. So, uh, but that's really all that I've got so far for this week, guys, you know, talked a little bit about each game from this week, talked about tonight's win against the wizards. It just feels good. You know, we're sitting here now. Um, what are we sitting at now? Uh, what is it? Six and seven. Yeah. One game at under 500, you know, after 13 games, not really what we wanted. Uh, I really wanted to go. I want to start the season like 12 and five. So that's kind of, you know, outside of the realms of possibilities at this point. But um, this team feels like they're they're getting, you know, under, you know, underway. Feels like they're getting on a roll where the team needs to be. So uh, good signs moving forward. A couple of things I did want to remind you guys about. Uh, so coming up on February the 1st, I believe that is, that's a Saturday, as the Miami Heat come to town to play the Orlando Magic. Uh, I'm going to bring this up, you know, from week to week as we get closer I'll kind of bring this up a little bit more uh, frequently, but um, we reserved some seating at the Amway Center for that game uh, to try to make some noise. Uh, you know, you're at the those games and you hear the Let's Go Heat chants. We just want to try to drown that out uh, while we're there at that game. So if you guys go to the sixmanshow.com backslash beat the heat. Uh, you can register uh, and buy your tickets. They're about $70 a piece, uh, but you've got about three months to kind of save up and pay for those. Uh, my boy Jazzo's telling me that he's going to be there. So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Um, we're not making any money off of this. I don't want anybody to think that. Uh, we're really just, we just want to put on an event for the community, um, especially people that listen to the podcast, people that interact with us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit, all that good stuff. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So I uh, would love for you guys to, to join us that day. Uh, it, it's really going to be a fun time. As always, you guys can uh, check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Six Man Show. Uh, we do have a shop where we sell some merch, www.thesixmanshow.com backslash shop. So if you want to check out, we've got some original designs 
some Orlando Magic inspired stuff on there. If you want to check that out, cop some of that. Uh, just help support the show. It goes a long way. Uh, if you guys want to leave a rating or a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your, your podcast that allow you to leave a rating and a review, uh, that also goes a long way as well. But that's all that I've got for this week, guys. Thank you so much. This has been Jonathan from the Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya! Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!